Blog Talk Radio. I wish that this night would never be over. There's plenty of time to sleep when we die. So let's just stay awake until we grow
everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic, our magical, mystical talk show here. It is 4 o'clock on the East Coast on the 5th of June, and I am Jackie, and I am running the board today. So this is I'm Jackie Smith, and I'm here with my co-host, Storm Sestavani, and we, of course, always have an exciting uh, show for you, whether it's exciting or controversial or pushing the envelope or pushing your buttons. Hopefully you're still listening. So pick up the phone and give us a call if you want to comment or have something to add to our conversation. The number is 760-539-3235. And make sure you check out our sponsor at CoventryCreations.com. No matter what your problem, no matter what your challenge, no matter what your need, be it money, love, protection, a new job, a new house, we have a candle for that. We meaning Coventry. Because I'm kind of part of the Coventry we. And Storm's yeah. going to be part of the Coventry Weed, aren't you, Storm? Yeah. So to reach Storm out of the uh, out of the air or off the air, you can go to psychicfriendsnow.com or like his fan page on Facebook, Facebook on facebook.com slash astrogossip. And you can reach me off the air at coventrycreations.com or you can find me on Facebook under Coventry Creations or Coventry Magic or just plain old Jackie Smith. So check out our website for the show. It's located at keepitmagic.com. And not only do we have a website, we have a Facebook page, we have a Twitter, and um, I think we're about to get a Pinterest, too. Oh, oh you got to check out Storm's Pinterest, because you have a great article on using Pinterest as an oracle, Yeah. which it's worked every time. So we can, find, um, we can find your article on using Pinterest as an oracle on Keep It Magic, correct? Yes. And you just had another article go up on Keep It Magic, which is um, Unleash the Kraken. Yes. Where you talk about Uranus. Yes. Well, not mine specifically. But. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just, it's hilarious because you were talking about that earlier today. and I Uranus. <laughs> read the Kraken article? And I go, really? You're telling me to go read the Kraken and read about Uranus? <laughs> I'm really 13 years old inside. I know. <laughs> uh, maybe I should be doing this show with Rebecca. <laughs> you know what? She'd do a pretty good job. So um, there's a lot of things happening, Storm. Yeah. Um, and before we get into that, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. It's been a week. Yeah. You survived. Yeah, I survived the eclipses. It's amazing, and I haven't been ate by anybody. Well, that's, you know, that's good because that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. We've had, it's been with the eclipses, and I, I can't blame the eclipses, but just in general, um, there's been a lot of change, a lot of transformation, a.k.a. death in the world, as there always is, but it just seems really close to me these days. And I'm also watching, not only that, but I'm watching people who are not experiencing death experiencing a lot of panic. Mm-hmm. Game-changing panic, where um, I'm watching different people make strange decisions, like they're missing out on something. Like it's it's not a panic over um, feeling threat or feeling the need for protection. It's been a panic over lack. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And and just people making some cracked out decisions and. And I have to say I could potentially have been one of them, but we I, we kind of talked to each other off the ledge on some of those things. Yeah. But it's just something we really noticed. And when we, I know when I pay attention to what people are afraid of, I kind of, and especially if it's a big group push on, on some fear or some issue, I know it's probably an astrological influence, and then I ask you, 
and then I go, okay, what's my lesson here? <laughs> what do I? And then and then so we've got death, panic, and zombies. <laughs> Which may all be part of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, and although I think the zombies are all about um, uh, bath salts, which you educated me on that last week. Yeah. Um, for for people that do not know, um, a lot of the, there's uh, bath salts that are sold at like gas stations and um, other uh, you know convenience stores. Um, there's some that you can, you know, if if you want to actually make it from scratch, you can get some of the chemical ingredients and stuff like Bath and Body Works. Um, so they're readily available. And what people are doing, it's um, basically a, a synthetic drugs. Um, and what they're calling bath salt is like super cocaine or super methamphetamines. Um, uh, they're different. There's different types. They even have different names, and they're all named like. Lavender delight, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, these are these are the um, chemicals from the fragrances. Yes. Okay, so but you can't snort candles. I just want to put it out there right now. Yeah. It doesn't work the same. You know, scraping the wax off the candle and then you know chopping it up and snorting and plus, it is you know, just not going to work. We don't use those kind of fragrances. I think it's was it the esters, one of the phylates or phylates or and one of the esters that that do that. And I wish I could remember what's what, but I really don't leave room in my brain for that. Yeah. So basically, people are snorting um, these uh, chemicals, and some of them um, are doing um, pretty interesting things. I was watching a CNN video, in fact, in which um, this guy that, that, interestingly enough, looked a lot like Chris Crocker, you know, that guy that is obsessed with Britney, Um, and, you know, and was crying on YouTube. So imagine him even more disheveled um, with two front teeth missing out, and you have this guy. Um, uh, so, so basically he was talking about his particular experience on basketball, and he was going through trips and fantasies uh, about being Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. This is just crazy, creepy stuff. Yeah, so, you know, that they have uh, uh, my favorite, you know, and of course there's been a lot of, uh, of um, you know, Images and stuff of that nature that have been created to uh, to bring in the pop culture humor, I guess, of, of zombieism. And my favorite was Hannibal Lecter. Um, and there's a, you know a picture that's going around that has a picture of Hannibal Lecter and Anthony Hopkins, of course. And he says in this particular picture, um, if I'm going to eat your face, I'm going to do it with some fava beans and a nice candy. <laughs> I'm not going to do it on the causeway, and I'm not going to do it naked. That's just rude. <laughs> yes, I didn't see that one. I loved it. Well, okay. Now, we can comment upon the status of our culture that we need to continue to turn to drug use to blah, 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 blah. We could comment on that. Um which there's plenty of people commenting on that. Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, I mean, when I was a kid, there were so many different things we you could um, huff different things. You could, you know, look at listen to me talk about it. The biggest thing was was the the um, urban legend that you could scrape out the inside of a banana peel and dry that out in the oven and roll it up and smoke it. Mm-hmm. But um, um, this is this you know, God, I'm sounding like an old woman. <laughs> these kids these days. Are flipping crazy. Uh, who came up with the idea to snort bath salts? 
What is the mental leap? It's it's more readily available. Um, no, no, no. Who figured it out? That we don't know. Com- companies, you know, um, are making them, you know, particularly to be snorted. That's the uh, – and, and, you know, there's still, I think, 17 states that don't have bans on them. New York is one of them. Um, mm. uh, it hasn't gone in front of our legislation. Yeah. Uh, I guess nobody's ate anybody yet in New York, um, uh, but but basically it uh, it is uh, you know just chemical companies that are making them and they're making a fortune off of them and they're not regulated and um, <laughs> thinking who knew all these kids took all these baths? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know they, well they even have synthetic marijuana now, um, yep, which Miley that. Cyrus got caught smoking. I was reading about that. Well, um, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not here to to advocate for or against the medical use of marijuana um, or the legalization of it or anything like that. I guess what I'm thinking is that, I mean, it doesn't matter what the replacement is. The replacement is a replacement for a habit and an addiction, um, a mind altering moment, a stress relieving mm-hmm. moment, and we do it through. All kinds of things. I mean, come on, just eat eat a cheesecake. It's yeah. way. I mean, you can poop it out. It's yeah. on your body. Yeah, but but <laughs> but being overweight is is um, uh, not big politically gold. correct. No, it's not. I mean, they're just leg- legislating the big gulps too. And so all this, you know, it may. I guess I'm just looking at this going. Like, there's always been a thread of craziness going on. Mm-hmm. When I was watching Morning Joe, and the uh, Dr. Nancy Snyderman was on, she was talking about how when they legislated wearing seatbelts, how people thought that was crazy, that was an infringement upon their right to kill themselves and go through the windshield of their car if they so choose. You know, you can't tell me that I have to put on a seatbelt. And now, of course, we go, what? Of course you have to wear a seatbelt. That's just stupid not to. So it ha- there has to be some crazy making to change our health society-wise. I think what I'm more interested in, Jackie, is the symbolism Involved with it. Uh, okay. The symbolism of the zombie, zombie, which is reanimating the dead. And we've talked about this, haven't we? And, and and how many people are running around at this particular point, attempting to reanimate dead works? <laughs> so, is there an astrological influence on that? Yeah, we'll talk about it later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's it's kind of true because when um, although I kind of got to push back on that a little bit when I was going through um, well I of course have a fascination with um, torch songs and and blue songs and stuff and how many of those are have been redone but how many of those are redos of even older songs so one of the songs I was looking at is from an old musical um, and then was restylized as a torch song. So um, you go, oh, okay. So it's always been there. I mean, how many times have different um, different movies, different styles of movies been remade, and how many times has that story been retold? Yeah. So, um. Yeah. So it, it 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 is it, it is really interesting um, uh, how this works. It's really really interesting um, how it works, and. Uh, uh, I'm fascinated by a lot of this, a lot of this, especially in regards to the eclipse with the zombies, 
mm-hmm. because you know the sign that the eclipse occurred in, of course, was in Sagittarius, and it has to. You know, number one, it is a sign that has to do with legislation on its own. So, of course, oh, new, oh, questions, hilarious. new questions in regards to legislation come up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also, I think, uh, or th- I, I don't think I know, it is a sign that has to do with belief um, and what it is that we believe and what it is that we hold some form of um, sacred, is probably the word for it, um, uh, uh, ideals about. Um, and I think that... Um, uh, in regards to people going crazy and running around and uh, and eating each other's faces off, and you know, there's the serial killer now that they that happened in France last week, the Canadian serial killer. Well, he's not, I think he only killed one person, so he's not serial yet. Um, and thankfully, he was caught, or he might have been. But basically, he ate uh, his um, uh, his uh, the person that he killed, which brings up the the issue also of cannibalism. Um, which is the ingesting of a life force, something that is alive, into your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, I, I, you know, it, it goes back to the symbol of vampirism. Um, vampirism, of course, is ingesting blood, the life force. And I think many people feel very dead right now, Jackie. There's not a lot of enthusiasm out there uh, in the world, and that there's not a lot to be happy about. And people gloss over it and do law of attraction classes and do all these other things. And I think that what people need to sit down and look at at this particular point is the reality. I think there's a lot of people who are doing that, though. I mean, I'm involved in a couple of different groups of people who I would never in a million years have thought – that um, they would understand the Coventry Creations products. So I've, I'm involved with um, a group called EO, Entrepreneur Organization, and I'm in the Accelerator Program, which is what that does that helps you propel you through a um, million dollars in business, and you have to be um, have a million dollars in sales to be an EO. And this has been a fascinating learning experience, and one of the things that fascinates me the most about it, everyone, I am not kidding you, every one who is a part of this has, a, first of all, has passion, because you have to have that to be an entrepreneur. You have to have a little insanity, too. But but they have an understanding of what it is to have a whole life, a balanced life, to challenge your own weaknesses and fears. And they all have their own ways of doing it. So that when I bring my products to the table, and so to speak, or literally, and and show them what I do, they all go, oh, wow, that's this, 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 and this. Whereas I've been doing this for 20 years and some of these folks have, have eked their way into this new reality. So I do think that that we have that, but I think, so it depends on what but, circle but you're traveling. But, Jackie, do you think that you and I, and possibly most of our listeners, are predisposed to that because we're already interested in it? Is it actually just a small part of the subculture that's actually interested in self self-improvement and interested in expanding themselves? I think, um, I think more of the culture is, is um, interested in it than we know. Uh-huh. And here's why I think that. Um, if that's the case, The Ghost Whisperer wouldn't have been in a, you know, a top-rated TV show. If that wasn't the case, then um, uh, you know the, the different different uh, um, secret millionaire and and surprise boss and all these things wouldn't be um, some of the best top rated shows. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, some of the other top rated shows are, are really stupid ones that we want to just punch people in the throat about. 
Mm-hmm. Because any 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 show that starts with Jersey or Real Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but what what those shows are about? Whenever I talk to someone that says, well, "Why do you why do you watch that show?" Because they're crazier than me. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better about who I am. I'm not that crazy, and then I can you know. So um, so even that, I think more people are are are. It, looking at personal improvement than not, um, looking at finding new passion. So I think the the reason why it seems so poignant that you're seeing this resurrection or ingesting the lifeblood and all that stuff is because um, is because it's they are looking for it. Mm-hmm. Now, I think teenagers are screwed. Okay, mm-hmm. I think a lot. Um, I was just having a conversation with my Tuesday morning gals, and one of my friends was talking about how in a study done in a in a middle class white neighborhood about how many um, uh, surveys of how many people feel that they've had traumatic experiences as a child. Fifty eight percent of the people surveyed said that they have had a traumatic experience as a child. So I think what's happening is that we're seeing a change in, in parenting recently where, you know, we've gone kind of to helicopter parenting, but now there seems to be somewhat of a balance. Um, but there's still that that lack of parenting. So what happens is that kids are raising themselves. Yeah. And so that creates those traumatic experiences. And, and that thoughts may be a great substitute for a parent. It may be. The other thing that I was reading is that another reason why it's so popular, Jackie, is because the particular chemicals are not detected by dogs at schools. True. So you know that they can go in and uh, you know and have their little um, lily of the uh, of the valley uh, bath salts. Although you know, talking to my kid and uh, we were having a conversation about how much um, pot stinks. Um, it smells like skunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she goes, I know, I smell it in the halls all day, and people are just so stupid about it. And I was like, that's fascinating. So that means that, you know, that, that kids are still smoking before school. So it's, it's still the norm in many ways. I'm not going to worry about it too much. I just want to make sure that those they're not making stupid decisions. Yeah. Because they don't have a, a real brain in their head yet anyway. But, okay, so with all the astrological stuff going on, um, we've got... We just experienced the lunar and the solar eclipse. Mm-hmm. And what came out of that, besides there was a lot of personal um, experiences that people had. Mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot of people had different types of pers- challenging personal experiences. I mean, even here over at Coventry, we had a really big um, challenging experience. But at the same time, I have to say that I've also, some of these people had personal experiences of coming through it. Mm-hmm. And coming through it in many ways um, with community. Yeah. So, um, so we've gotten through that. So, what are I mean? Our summer is gonna is this gonna be as crazy as it was in the in the spring? And then we had that crazy winter. So, what what are we looking at astrologically? Well, weather wise, um, it's gonna be pretty interesting. There is going to be the opportunity for a lot of violent type of storms. Um, but for the which will occur more in the northeast, um, uh, of 
course, you know, we're going to move into hurricane season, and they can pretty much land anywhere. But um, for the most part, um, you know, that there's going to be more of a tendency towards violent um, weather in the Northeast. It's going to be a hot summer, um, especially um, uh, the Midwest, the Northeast. Because um, it's been pretty hot. It's been well, it's been kind of schizophrenic in the weather. But yeah. This is still spring, though. Yeah. Um, so basically, once we get into uh, you know July, okay, and into August and September, it's really going to be hot. It would not surprise me if we see a lot of records break, um, especially in the um, Detroit uh, area because uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got a really big shindig happening the 25th of August. Okay, well, it's just going to be hot. That's all. Okay. <laughs> you know, the tendency is going to be um, for um, uh, for it to be hotter than normal um, uh, summer. Okay. And uh, uh, you know, the, the the Mars which is a very hot planet, goes right through Detroit. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see um, what the temperatures are going to do there. Um, I think that, interestingly enough, a lot of the hurricanes, I think, are going to go off into sea. I don't see um, as much hurricane activity this season. Um, Canada may go through a little bit. Uh, the Saturn line goes through, like, New Finland and, uh, you know, the New Brunswick, whatever they're called up there. Um <laughs> Yeah. The provinces? Yeah. Um, uh, but for the most part, the United States through the summer looks as though that it's it's pretty, um, for the most part, pretty clear. Pluto doesn't, uh, 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 you know, it's not on the IC of, of anywhere, or which is the immediate coli. Um, the, the area from, like, uh, um, uh, Colorado, um, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas, Louisiana. Um, this may be a spot where that there's a little bit of, of hurricane activity, and the only reason I mention it is because of the fact that normally these areas are very, very dry um, as far as, uh, uh, um, you know, during the summer, especially like Texas. You know, we always hear about the, you know, 97 days in a row that they haven't had a drop of rain in Dallas. Um, it may be a little bit, uh, the Neptune line goes through that particular area. So with Neptune going through um, uh, these areas, I think that it may be a little bit more sensitive to uh, hurricane activity because Neptune is that wet, watery um, uh, type of Is it going to be moist? Yeah, it'll be moist, yeah. <laughs> so we've got lots of heavy-duty violent storms in the northeast. Mm-hmm. We have potential hurricanes down in the Texas, Oklahoma area. There's well, it'll be more Texas. It probably Texas. won't be a hurricane by the time it reaches Oklahoma, but they'll right. be wet. Okay. Um, really hot, especially in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I should purchase for Coventry's 20th anniversary celebration is little fans. To doing the co- doing the 20 at Coventry. Or you may want to invest yourself in some of those cell fanners, you know, that you can make. Um, just use regular white paper. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we could do we could do a sprinkler out front. Yeah. Or a cooling station where the mist comes out. That would be good. Um, it, it, just so you know, Storm, um, we're doing a 20th anniversary celebration at the factory in August. Um, I hopefully you can be there, but I don't, I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, don't um, hold your breath on that one this year. 
um, 20, well, yeah. I'm shooting for the 21st anniversary. <laughs> yeah, there's not going to be a 21st anniversary. Well, I'll just go get drunk on the 21st anniversary. <laughs> so the 20th is going to be a big shindig. We're going to have readers here. Dorothy Morrison is going to be here for that weekend, and we're going to do lots of, have, hopefully have lots of press. I may be on the air. Don't tell anybody. Okay, well. I may, though. Okay. So we're going to have a live feed on the air. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. When I take the class, I'll have like a little mic that goes into the. Um, but it's going to be hot. Yeah. So, I had a feeling it was going to be hot. I'm glad we got some new air conditioners here. It's, it's going to be hot. What, another thing that I would suggest to people to start do, um, if you're in the Northeast, is, is really start taking care of your lawns now, um, because of course, whenever the temperatures start to go up for any length of time, um, which won't be at the first part of summer, you're looking at more. July-ish, August-ish, as to when it's going to get brutal. So have your fun in June. Have your fun in June, early part of July. After the 4th of July, um, uh, that is the point when you uh, you know, may want to invest in you know, some really nice air conditioning and, uh, uh, you know, sit around and, you know, vegetate. Mm-hmm. Yep, like the dog in that commercial. I do a lot of sleeping in the summer, interestingly. I believe it. I believe it. I don't like well, the heat, so and I don't like sweat, so it's kind of like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. So, but we do a lot of we, we make a lot of candles in the summer. We make candles. All oh the my year God! Long. You see, and this is why it has nothing to do with the fact that I'm a hypomanic agoraphobic. It has more to do with the fact that oh, being at Coventry is going to be a lot of ball sweat, and I do not handle the patchouli that well. <laughs> well, we need to take a break, darling. So do not go away. Don't touch that dial. We're going to talk about a few more things on the other side of the break. We're going to talk about um, some of the things, uh, astrological aspects we're going to have this summer. We're going to talk about how it's going to affect us politically and all that happy jazz. So we will be right back.
to Keep It Magic. I'm Jackie Smith, and I'm here with Storm Sestavani, my amazing, brilliant, genius, and sometimes funny co-host, Storm Sestavani. Sometimes funny, not usually, though. <laughs> if you have a comment, have a question, um, our phone number is 760-539-3235, and we're a talk show, and we are talking today, aren't we, my friend? We're talking. We got some things to talk about. I got my coffee. I've got my juice. I'm all set. I got mine too. Um, so, I actually got my Arizona iced tea energetic herbal tonic. I have a Starbucks um, Keurig iced coffee. Ah, you know I have to be careful with the, um, the Arizona energy thing. I thought I was having a heart attack one time after I like downed one. Really oh my fast. god! <laughs> I was like. I just feel really hot, and I'm like, I'm like palpitating. What's going on? I'm nervous, and I'm panicking. And I was like, Oh no! I just drank two of those energy drinks today. Yeah, that was that was a bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we are back at Keep It Magic, and we are talking about um, the summer of astrology, or the astrology for the summer. And it's not necessarily the summer of love coming up, is it? Mm, no. Maybe, well, we're 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 in the day of. We're in the day of lust. Well, interestingly, well, today the transit of Venus is going to happen. And um, I wouldn't suggest, first of all, that people go out about 545 on the East Coast and start looking at the sun directly. No. I would actually suggest them either go to their library where it may be going or if they have actually um, a science place um, around, um, you know, that there may be a lot of telescopes that are out where you can view it with a filter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't look at it directly because Venus is just going to look like a mole on the sun, and you can probably do some serious damage to your eyes right. if you no, try no to look at it directly. Burning. So you have been warned. Mm-hmm. So do not be crying next week if your eyes are burned out. Right. It's a good thing that this is enough. an audio show. Don't be the doofus who thinks that sunglasses are enough or two pairs of sunglasses are enough. Yeah. Um, that douchebag doesn't live here. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing that I found, um, first of all, I love the way that astrology works. And um, I woke up um, this afternoon and uh, uh, was getting ready for the show. And, of course, you know, the first thing that I'm going to do, especially on an astrologically prevalent day, is that I'm going to look at um, the news. Mm-hmm. And on the front page of Yahoo News was this incredible, you can't make this up article, um, because uh, uh, you know there's there's a lot of different things with Venus, which I'll get to, into in a minute. And I think it's very very misunderstood the planet Venus. And I think that we really want to try to water Venus down and turn her into a combination of the moon with a little bit of um, romantic Neptune thrown in. And she really doesn't have anything to do with any of that. Um, no, she's not. Not at all. So I'm reading the news, Jackie, and there uh-huh. is this article that's called um, The Vatican Attacks Popular U.S. Nun Over Sexuality Book. <laughs> okay, wait. Okay. So let's let's find all the oxymorons in this sentence. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, so this this um, nun, um, Sister Mary, Mar- well, she, they call her Margaret in here, but it's Sister Mary Margaret. 
Um, wrote there's a, a Mary, book. there's a Margaret. So keep going. Yeah. Um, wrote a book that is called Just Love, a Framework for Christian Sexual Ethics. Um, now, the Vatican has gone apoplectic over this book and is basically questioning. For example, she um, is an advocate of female masturbation. She is an advocate. Who isn't? I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> She's an advocate of homosexuality. Um, she's in, uh, you know, she feels that um, if, uh, you know, same-sex-oriented persons' uh, activities could be respected, that um, they probably wouldn't experience the self-shame and the um, uh, the problems that they go through as a result of it. And as a result of it, the Catholic Church has just gone crazy. Now, the interesting thing is that one of the headlines on this was called Nun's Book on Masturbation Slammed by the Vatican. <laughs> and it's interesting because Venus, for some reason in Western culture, we have taken Venus and just made her the goddess of love. Right. But actually, she's a specialist. She's a specialist. She's <laughs> not the goddess of love um, overarching. Um, uh, she, more Hera. she is. I think all of the goddesses, in somewhat, uh, have a connection, except probably Athena, um, have a connection to to love on some way. You know, whether it be the love of the child or um, uh, the love of enduring uh, familial connections, or the love of the spirit, um, uh, or right. the love of your friends. Um, but but Venus, Venus is about sex. She's a specialist. She's an erotic goddess. And if you go into the Greek word eros, which is where we get the word erotic from, um, which Venus' son was called eros as well. But if you go into the, the word um, eros, um, the word implies that an erotic relationship is going to be one that is going to change the individual. In other words, after you have an erotic relationship of any sort, a part of you dies in some way, because in, um, for example, in French, uh, the word for orgasm is the petite, little death. Yeah, the little death. Petite mort. Yeah. So, so basically... And if you read any, um, any uh, Laura K. Anderson books... Is that the Kindle porn? No, 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 that's early, well, that's um, after Anne Rice, but before, but before the, the Sparkling Vampires, okay. Vampire books. I need a Blake Vampire Hunter. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, so, so basically, um, Venus is not really concerned about whether or not you get along with your children, whether or not that they have enough food, whether or not um, the earth is um, uh, vibrant and fertile, except something that she can look at and be pretty. And if she can use it, then she may be interested in it. Um, she's not excessively interested in resources unless, again, you know, there's a diamond in there and she can adorn herself with it. Mm -hmm. um, what Venus is interested in is getting off. She's about um, sex. She is about pleasing herself. She is about um, vanity. She is about um, uh, all of the uh, all of the things in many ways that society kind of looks down upon. Mm -hmm. um, the two things that she rules in astrology 
the two signs. She rules Libra, which has to do with relationships. Um, and she also rules Tor- Taurus, which has to do with resources. And it is interesting that one-fourth of our economy in the United States, one-fourth, is business, beauty, and diet products. <laughs> so, you, you know, it, it, and that tells you, when we're spending that much money on these products, Jackie, that mm-hmm. tells you that we're very out of touch with this particular planet. Um, and I think that many of it, and, you know, we were talking before the show and you asked me a question about whether or not or not I think that we've ever been really in touch with it. Um Yes. Okay. Uh, but I think it was 4,000 years ago, um, uh, you know, with the goddess worshipping and a woman. The interesting thing about even the word harlot, which most of the, uh, most of the um, priestesses of Aphrodite were, were harlots. The word, actually, though, harlot, um, does not refer to a woman that is loose sexually. It refers to a woman that is a rogue. In other words, she breaks the rules. Oh, I'm such a harlot. Yeah, you're a harlot. Yeah, you're a big old harlot. Because, you know, I'm kind of a harlot across the board. But um, so so what this connection looks like is basically a, a healthy sexual attitude. Well, I can tell not only a healthy sexual attitude, but it is going to affect many other things as well. For example, our loss of self-worth is based upon a disconnected sense of Venus. Um, A loss of sense of spontaneity and pleasure and simple self-confidence. These are all of the things that this goddess personifies. Um, I think that we tend to overcompensate by overdeveloping our intellect, I think through worldly success, and I think that we also overcompensate by an over-devotion to um, uh, a spirit or God while negating the body. It's interesting because I, I have, um, I find it fascinating, and I, and I have lots of friends who are um, nursing mothers or have been nursing mothers and, and, and have nursed in public, that a girl in a bikini top that all it's doing is covering her nip is more ex- ex- acceptable than a woman who's discreetly breastfeeding. Yeah. And and so, you know, boobs are fine if you can look at them naked. So if you look, can look at them sexually, they're fine. But if you are going to breastfeed, it's not fine. Well, because a woman that is breastfeeding is not enacting um, Aphrodite. She's acting, enacting Hera. Correct. So that is, there's nothing, the, the whole idea of the woman wearing a, um, a bikini top that only covers her nipples is not for the enjoyment of her. It is for the enjoyment of the men around her. That is what pa- patriarchal society has taught us. Right. And so that's where I think we experience that, that the Venus is, we're out of touch with that, is because um, your sexuality we're completely out of touch with sexuality. Yeah, we're we're completely we're so sexu- sexophobic in this country. Well, and, uh, and so here's here's all these people who are watching porn, which I'm not I'm not against porn. It just has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, that that this is that becomes their ideal in in the marriage bed of of what it's supposed to be like. <laughs> Maybe for the first three months, but after that, you're on your own. But but that it's not 
this, this is not a constant thing, then there must be something wrong. Well, with I it, think that por- pornography is popular because it explores a lot of things that are not um, necessarily acceptable um, mm-hmm. um, once that marriage contract is done. Um, uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of pornography, so I can't uh, really get And I watch no heterosexual porn. Um, <laughs> the whole idea is frightening to me. Um, but um, oh, you don't know what you're missing. Okay. But um, I'm done. I am sure that you don't see, unless it is a married couple having a menage a trois, you don't see them talking too much about marriage and commitment. It is about eroticism. It is about the simple act of getting off. Mm-hmm. And it is so um, uh, it is so much of a disconnection in our particular culture uh, for a variety of different reasons. Well, uh, some would some would then say that we are too much in touch with the Venus energy. But my feeling is is that when you have um, when the pendulum is swinging one way or the other, so we're either completely not in touch with it, which is mm-hmm. the Vatican. Um, saying that you know this this nun talking about a healthy sexuality is is they're attacking her, or it swings the other way and 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 porn is is your um, is is your as your mentor and, and is your ideal role model. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still not in the middle. We're still not in touch. We're st- we're we're out of touch of what it really means. Well, well, I think also the reason why why you know mostly um, uh, men watch porn, not women. Um, no, women read porn. Yeah, okay. women read porn. Um, men watch it um, uh, is uh, because of the fact that they are dis- it is that disconnection. It's the reason why um, it is so popular. Um, uh, because you know, um, in many in, in many sects of society, it's inappropriate for a woman to be doing these particular things. And you can really see the dark side of Aphrodite come out um, in a lot of women through jealousy, vanity, rivalry, um, bitchiness, cattiness. Um, uh, uh, Aphrodite, when she was irritated, um, was... Um, probably the most sensual goddess in mythology. Um, you know, that's all that she had to give a, a sense of is um, uh, the sniffing of uh, some form of woman thinking that she may be more prettier than her. Mm-hmm. And she would destroy them. Um, you know, she would literally be hell on earth um, to that particular individual. And I do think in many ways, um, uh, you know, when you take a look at women that are stunningly beautiful, uh, Jackie, and they can't maintain relationships, and they have difficulties in regards to relationships with women enormously, mm-hmm. um, when uh, they have a lot of body images, and, you know, they get out of bed, and the first thing that happens is that the, the layers of makeup and the infrastructure of hair products are going in. <laughs> um, I think that this, I think that what is happening on the inside of this woman is Aphrodite is enacting her revenge. Okay. Okay, that, now that answers that question. Now, now, looking at the Venus in transit over the sun, uh-huh. astrologically, and that's today, is there a shadow side of it before and after? How is this potentially affecting us? Are we all going to go home and have, have really good sex with our spouses? No, not really. Um, uh, because this is more, remember that this is something that happens um, every approximately every 125 years. Okay. Um, so it is more of a collective issue than it is a personal issue. 
So uh, how how are we responding to this collectively besides the nuns? Um, well, I can tell you what I hope we see um, happen uh, uh, collectively. Uh, number one, there is an element when I, because it only occurs the transit of Venus only occurs in the sign of Gemini, Gemini or Sagittarius. Um, which are an axis. They're opposite signs to each other. Um, both of these um, signs have a lot to do with communication in many ways and expression and belief and um, our ability to process and, and, and data and our uh, ability to look towards something that is bigger than us so that we um, uh, can um, uh, have something that connects us to the world of optimism and the uh, uh, into the world of spirit in some form of way. Um, now, Venus going over the sun, I, I hope what it is that we see is we start to see more um, direct changes in regards to um, the way that we view sexuality, um, the way that we view eroticism, um, I hopefully it is the beginning process of women starting to integrate more of the whore in her rather <laughs> than just rather than just the Madonna. Um Oh well, you know, the sacred whore Yeah. Is is actually you know, and it, I like saying that um, is a big part of, of our as an archetype for us. Because there's a lot of healing um through that. Personal healing through that, finding your sexuality. A lot of personal empowerment. And I was I was talking to a friend this weekend, Jackie, and here's one of the interesting things that I was thinking about. But we know that I'm crazy, so you all need to know that before I am. <laughs> um, you know, we were talking about, you know, how Venus has uh, uh, been amalgamated into Judean Christian mythology as Mary. Um, they both have the same um, sacred animal, which is the dove. Um, and when you look at it, Christianity in many ways has um, neutered Mary and how powerful that she actually is. Um, in this country. Yeah, and, and the the interesting side of it, if you look at just the myth flat on a table and you do just a little bit of thinking about it um, beyond what the scripture says, here is a woman who got knocked up, who gets a man to marry her. Mm-hmm. Um, who is able to seduce God um, and goes on and, you know, gives birth to a Messiah, um, who is also a vegetation God, you know, the whole cycle of death and rebirth, mm-hmm. um, which has always been the children of Aphrodite. All of her children are destroyed, basically, except Eros. Um And usually by something of her own doing. Um, uh, so, you know, when you look at actually how interesting that that figure of Mary is when you go beyond the purity and and um, the, the, the symbolism. And even Catholicism teaches that there was something divine about Mary, that there was something very special about the pregnancy of St. Anne. Um, uh, uh, so, so basically, you know, that there's this whole erotic, powerful. Could you imagine, Jackie, how hot you must be? You're knocked up from another man in a time in which it is not socially appropriate for you to get married to somebody that is pregnant. Well, and well not only that, you... the guy into marrying you. you. You generally are killed. Yeah. If you're an unwed mother, you're um, stoned. And you can get, the, and you can get this, uh, this man to marry you. And what specialness 
would it take or what well, type? Well, remember, you gotta you got to remember how old Joseph was. He was an old man. Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, uh, I'll take her. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. So, uh, but, you, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very, very interesting concept, and I think that we're so out of touch with, with Venus. But I hope to see um, a lot of stuff in regards to us really questioning what sexual morality is. What is it really? Well, I love that. I love that, that this is um, this actually is going on. I mean, just with the whole aspect of gay marriage. Yeah. Um, and and not only gay marriage, but but the um, women's women's bodies, the rights to their own bodies. You know, the rights to um, have their birth control covered um, by insurance. Yeah. And. Um, you know the the argument both ways, and I won't even I won't even get into that. But that's all part of sexuality. I mean, literally the argument against um, forcing the churches to provide um, birth control as part of their health care coverage is because they feel that it promotes um, um, sex, mm-hmm. and and that you know the whole point of sex is to have babies and da da da. But I think the Venus energy is saying that it's not necessarily there's a communion that happens there. There's an intimacy, there's um, a shared trust, hopefully, that happens with all that. So it's more than just, um, if it was just for baby-making, it wouldn't be that awesome. One of the things that, that I think is important about this transit of Venus, okay, is that the purpose of the sun, okay, is to offer us some sort of sense of meaning to life. But what is meaning if we can't feel happy and contented? What is it really? Um, you, you know, if you if you can't get to a spot in which you're happy in regards to your life, what is all that meaning uh, and that sense of destiny? What is it good for? Not a hell of a lot. True. That's true. Well, we're coming up on the need to take a break. Okay. And this is like the perfect point because on our last half hour, we're going to get into um, the other aspects that we're going to come into this summer and, and what it potentially can mean for us politically. And I'm learning a lot. Because, you know, astrology is not my bag. Um, and you don't care because you're going to talk about it anyway. Um, so we're going to talk about the politics that are going to, how how um, the Uranus and Pluto square are going to affect politics of the of our country. And um, so we're going to have some really interesting stuff on the other side of this break. And don't touch that dial. We'll be back in a flash. It's my time. It's my life. I can do what I like For the price of a smile I gotta take it to ride So I keep living Cause it feels right And it's so nice And I do it all again this time It's forever It gets better I like how it feels. I like
Let's make a beautiful world Take my hand It's alright Cause tonight We can fly So we can listen Cause the feels right And it's so nice
to work with them um, in any overarching way. With Venus, you can work with because you can just buy a vibrator. Um, but um, it's a, a lot more different uh, to work with uh, Uranus and Pluto because they're really not concerned with individuals. Um, they're more concerned with movements um, and the collective and survival of the species and um, progress. And now, that's the outer planets. Yeah. Okay. So basically what we have going on with um, uh, with Uranus and Pluto is really that these two planets at the moment are at war. Um, although ultimately they work together right now, they're not getting along too well. And Uranus has to do with... Um, being in the sign of Aries has to do more with the individual expressing themselves um, in a larger way, um, things having more of an individual imprint upon them, um, which is why I'm a little bit encouraged about the transit of Venus and, uh, uh, you know, and, and people actually over the course of the next 125 years um, becoming a little bit more sexually evolved or a little bit more sexually integrated is probably a better word. Um, uh, but Uranus and Pluto, both of them together, are going to change the political lands landscape. I want to say lamb for a minute, but that's a little too Aryan. Um, <laughs> landscape um, drastically. Pluto, of course, tears down existing structures that are no longer working for us. Right, because we had Pluto retrograde last year. It's going on right now. Oh, it's going on right now. Okay, so that's when we started the Pluto retrograde. So not only are they fighting, Pluto is, is going retrograde at the same time. Yes. Um, okay. So these two planets are at odds with each other. The, the clash of the titans, the Medusa versus the Kraken. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, basically Pluto is going to tear down existing structures that are no longer working for us. It's going to amputate things. It's going to dredge the sewage. I mean, get rid get rid of all of the gangrene really in in society, and of course, because it's in Capricorn, it has to do with government. Um, Uranus um, in in Aries is more about what about me. So this has given birth to um, the uh, protests in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. uh, the protests in the Middle East, the ninety nine percent. You know, really seeing things in a way in which. Um, the undercurrents of society, those that are not part of the bourgeois, um, uh, uh, are, are now wanting to stand up and be counted in many ways. At the same time, what is going to happen is that a lot of news articles and a lot of events will occur spontaneously that will allow this this energy to work through. And I wrote about in Unleashing the Kraken that, you know, I, and I talked about it on the show that I was very concerned about with the solar eclipse there being an earthquake or mm -hmm. some form of physical, you know, uh, calamity that went on on the West Coast because of the fact that the, um, uh, the eclipse line went right through California. Well, there was an earthquake. Um, it wasn't in the physical form, but it has to do with the Facebook IPO. Um, uh, and the fact that it w Facebook really isn't worth what they thought it was worth. And um, Zuckerberg and all of them on day one unleashed an enormous amount of their Facebook stock on the open public, which mm -hmm. drove the price down. And now there's investigations and queries and um, all kinds of things uh, that's going to really, where we begin to take a deeper look at the stock market and how we, we the investment community, all of this, you would not get reform without heavy forms of corruption. It just wouldn't happen. 
Well, well, yeah, because until it's uncomfortable, we don't make a change. But we right now are more, our eyes are tuned. It's not that corruption wasn't happening 20 years ago because it was. It's not that corruption wasn't happening 200 years ago because it was. It's not that corruption wasn't happening 2,000 years ago because it was. Our eyes at this particular point, very, very similar to what was going on in the 60s, the latter part of the 60s, are just very tuned into this particular type of corruption, and it's what eventually leads to change. If we did not have um, uh, the Uranus-Pluto conjunction in the in the 60s, we would still have forced military service in the United States now. It was that Uranus-Pluto which showed the um, the corruption of going to war with Korea and going to war with Vietnam and the real purposes behind it mm-hmm. um, that led to the fact that going into the military is a selective opportunity at this particular point, and there's not an enforced um, draft, draft yeah. even though we still have to sign up for it, or I did. You know, I don't know if they do now, but yeah, I think that every boy at 18 has to. But, um, uh, but what we're going to see with this one, um, in in many ways, is it's going to be the corruption in regards to um, the government's infusion, um, in regards to um, uh, uh, to our plain ordinary lives in middle in, in many ways, combined with how these entities um, are able to use their particular influence to uh, to control the government. Um, uh, so that's going to be fascinating. I will tell you, with the presidential election, um, first of all, I do believe that Barack Obama will win um, the election. Okay. I don't believe that Barack Obama will win because of the fact that he's going to been a good president, because I frankly don't think that he has been. Um, uh, but that's just my personal my personal opinion. I think that Barack Barack Obama will win the election because the Republicans have not offered up a decent enough um, uh, uh, candidate, um, mainly because of the fact that the Republicans at this point are a really really strange party that is only really interested in party purism, and I think that in in many ways Romney. Um, doesn't even fit in with their purism. Um, but I don't think that um, anybody overall, overarching, um, would be able to be, uh, to be president um, uh, un- unless they were a moderate Republican. Um, and it's, it's why you, know, you and I have discussed off of the air, I think that they're going to look at Chris Christie in 2016. Do I think he will beat Hillary Clinton? No. <laughs> Um, but uh, but I think that that is a and, and I think he will have difficulties also even Chris Christie with it's the, the, the strange Puritan type of Republican thing. Chris Christie will have a difficult time because he isn't a good enough Republican. He's too moderate. Well, you know what I see is a polarization. I mean, and people talk about oh, there's this polarization, and, and you know, I remember different times. Um, uh, Listening to my my parents say that, or looking at different times in history when they said that the politics are polarizing, you know. But with this Uranus and Pluto squaring, it's what we're doing is we're stripping away what it is that we really believe, what we really think within within these political natures. And and I'm watching um, all of those beliefs being challenged. Yeah. But I find it fascinating with with how you know with how you explain the Uranus and Pluto square. It's a tearing down of um, of those beliefs. It's a tearing down of taking everything at face value. Correct? Yeah, th- that's what it is. And you know, look, even at, 
Go ahead. Look at the fact that Mitt Romney is a Mormon. Mm-hmm. He's a practicing Mormon. Yes. And and so that challenge, and then but that really hasn't been brought up, and and I think people are sticking their head in the sand on on, on that one. But yet, at the same time, that's going to come out, and it's going to get really, really challenged, I think. I think that it's going to be a very, very difficult summer for Barack Obama, um, mainly because of the fact that Saturn is in the 10th house of the Cancer Ingress chart, which is the president. Okay. Um, uh, and it's retrograde, so he's going to be damaged throughout the summer, and I think that you're going to see these very, very close polls throughout the summer as a result of that. Because to be honest with you, um, Barack Obama right now should be eons ahead of uh, Mitt Romney. They should Absolutely. not be practically tied, especially considering that he's an incumbent. Right. Um, the other thing that I think that Barack Obama is going to have problems with is he's going to continue to try to make everyone in his party happy. And he's just not going to be able to do it. He's going to have to come up with ideals um, that may irritate the extreme left. Um, uh, but he's going to have to do it um, to um, ensure his particular, you know, his particular reelection, and he's going to have to more so than anything else, because you know the the press and um, the Republican media or the right wing media has really painted him as this socialist Hitler, um, Castro, Stalinesque type of, of left wing figure, and basically he's going to have to move into to more to the middle. Um, and, and he's going to have to state some things that are um, a little bit um, harder than what it is that we thought. I remember when, when he said that gays should be able to be married. Um, it was very interesting. You had every homosexual on the planet basically running around and, uh, you know, waving the... Uh, uh, Obama flag. Yep. The Obama flag and the the rainbow banner. But what Obama really said wasn't any different than what he ever said before. Basically what he said is gays should be able to get married. But this is a state issue, not a federal one. Mm-hmm. Marriage equality will not be equal until it is federal. It will not be equal till it's federal. Oh, of course not. Of course not, because you know. Well, that's a whole other political yeah. conversation. Because you know, I'm in an interracial marriage, and so that was illegal up until actually, in some places, there was stuff on the on the books until about 30 years ago. Yeah. Which is scary. But anyway, um, so with... What we're but we're going to be more in tune to that, all of that, with mm-hmm. uh, Uranus Pluto. And it's going to get nasty. And I even see it in the in the, um, uh, in, in the, um, the business community. A lot of people that I know of are still doing um, 1999.com business mm-hmm. in 2012. And it's just not going to work anymore. And well, the- yeah, there's you. I agree with you. We keep going. And and you know and and basically the tearing down of all those particular ideals of you just have to slap a website on the internet and it's going to sell, um, is mm-hmm. over. It's done. You know, basically as we begin to move forward, um, it's really going to go back to a um, uh, really a working hard for what it is that you get rather than it being so easy. We've been very, very blessed for the last, I would say, 40 to 50 years. Um, work has been really easy. Well, um, no, no would this be a fair statement? Because this is something that I've been, I've been feeling, I've been intuiting, I've been getting in the readings that I've been doing, is that um, we're in a recreation place. 
um, where so what what what's happening is we have to um, reset the um, how things work. Yeah. So so things are changing so fast, or things have just made this giant shift that we have to to recreate a bunch of stuff right now. Yes. Because Pluto is going to tear it down. Um, all of these particular existing structures. And um, if you, um, you know, of course, everybody has their particular choice. If they still want to do 1999.com business, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, that's up to them. Um, uh, so the, just basically the things that worked up until, say, last year? I would say even, I, actually, the roots of this began in about 2008. Okay, well, then yeah, that's, that's, yep. So everything that had worked on there up to that point. And then the uh, bubble broke. And the bubble broke. And so some things still kind of worked for a little while. People were still in that habit. But it doesn't work at all. And that's been a, a major um, a major thing for, for us um, that I've been seeing in my business and, and my customers' businesses is that yes. it's a new ball game, And you have to, you, have to t- uh, you know, we're so down and in in our lives struggling right now. That that with this, this is telling me that it's time to pick your head up. Things are falling apart, so see what you want to do with it now. You it have is. an opportunity there, to rebuild. There is a lot of uh, of, uh, of optimism in regards to this. Um, mm-hmm. Pluto does not take away what well, he does, but um, he doesn't rip down everything for no purpose. He rips down everything for the purpose of making something more endurable. Right. Right, but that goes with with pretty much any retrograde, any any um, square, any um, opposition is what it is. It's it's there for you to wake up and yeah. say, what is the perspective I need to take? With, with Pluto, the interesting thing is is that Pluto shows you where the poison is um, uh, in the chart in many ways. And right now, the poison has to do with you know the way that the government has just allowed things to go crazy, the fact that it's the Hatfields and the McCoys. And, uh, you know, they're really not, the, the sad thing is that they're really not interested in the people. They're really interested in getting reelected. True, true. It's really what it is. And it's not until they're in their final, I mean, if, for instance, Obama can't, is not going to, like, um, pull out all the stops and flip everybody the bird and just get shit done until his um, second term when he can't run again. Yeah, and then you'll see it in the first two years only. Um, after he is reelected, because after the midterm elections, he enters into his lame duck period, right. um, and they don't get much done usually during a lame duck. So it's just it, it, it's not I'm not a fan of of the system. But, yeah. Okay. So Jupiter is moving into Gemini. Gemini. Yeah. And how and that happens on the 11th of June, so it happens next week. Oh, but the. The square between Uranus and Pluto that happens on the 24th of June. So yeah. Jupiter going into Gemini actually happens first, and how does that affect us? Jupiter going into Gemini. The the interesting thing about Gemini is that of course it has to do with. I'm sure people are irritated with me talking about Gemini, but um, it it has to talk. Gemini has to do with thoughts. It has to do with concepts. It has to do with commerce. It has to do with. Um, uh, communication. Uh, it has to do with short, short travel. Um, uh, it has to do with education. Um, uh, uh, I think that we will see a lot with Jupiter being in Gemini. I think we will see a lot of changes in regards to education in a dramatic way. 
Jupiter doesn't do things big. And one of the things that I was looking at is one of the things that um, uh, New York and California are are considering at this point, Jackie, because of all of the stuff in regards to schools and, you know, the cost that it's taking out in regards to, to um, security and, and all of that other stuff, is they're actually considering what a home-based public school system will look like. You mean homeschooling? Um, not homeschooling. You'll still be considered a public student, but basically your classes will now be at home on your computer. Interesting. Interesting. Which will be a trend that ultimately will happen anyways. I don't see in oh, yeah, it's already, years. It's, it's already been happening. Yeah. And, and I, don't, I don't think in 50 years we'll see schools the way that they are. Number one, um, uh, according to the government, they're too expensive to keep up. Um, and um, this will, uh, you know, unfortunately there will be a lot of hesitation on this because of the fact that it will put the burden of parenting in many ways back, back on the parents. parents. Interesting. So so Jupiter, again, being structure, correct? No, Jupiter is expansion. Expansion, pardon me. Saturn is the structure. Yeah. This is why you're the expert on it, and I go, whatever. <laughs> um, so Jupiter being expansion, so so we're going to have, and it's going to be in Gemini for how many years? A year. One year. So it's it's, Jupiter's only in a sign for one year. Um, this is interesting. This is interesting because of all... Um, all of the educational things coming up. All of the educational stuff. The other things in regard that will come up is more of an expansive way of how we do commerce, um, of how we do of, of how we do business. A lot of new tools mm-hmm. over the next year will come out that yep. will be pretty interesting. I, you know, I've been watching a lot of them um, with the uh, we know about the square, which is a credit card thing, but now um, there's there's so many more things coming out that compete with that, that expand upon that, making your smartphone your focal point in your life. I just read something about, um, somebody talked about the personalization, one of the selling points, one of the things you can do to create a ruckus in the industry is personalize your product so that it becomes very personal to to whoever owns it or purchases it. And in a group of people, he said he had everybody raise their hands. How many people were married? And about half the people raised their hands. And they said, "So now, how many people have a smartphone?" And okay. 99% of the people raised their hands. And and he said, "Okay, now how many of you, if your spouse lost their phone, would you hand over your phone to them?" Crickets. No one raised their hands. So I just found that with you saying this and then reading that, that's that's absolutely fascinating with how um, expansive business is. So businesses are changing their um, uh, e-commerce focus from websites to phones. Yes. The the other thing that I think will begin to occur in this Jupiter um, uh, in Gemini transit that probably won't be enacted until the next one in 12 years is I think that um, the whole idea of us writing down a signature or us signing for something, mm-hmm. or us even carrying credit cards and checkbooks with us, I think it's going to go for it. To, it's going to change. I think that oh what it God. will be is that we stick our thumb on the little thing, uh-huh. our accounts come up, and we choose which one we want to pay through, and that's going to be it. There, I was behind a woman at, at Rite Aid who had a check, and I'm like, really? <laughs> and here's the crazy thing. Checks are now 
But it's just crazy. I, I know what you're saying because I'm like, we all looked at each other as five people in line. We go. Because it takes too long to write to him, so people don't want to deal with him. Right. Because we're still on fast forward. Yeah. We're absolutely still on fast forward. So we have. So this is going to be interesting. So basically, Jupiter and Gemini is going to be. It's going to challenge our school systems. Um, challenge the way we learn. Um, it's just going to bring it into the. It's going to expand, not challenge. Expand. Ex- yeah. And and expand. The way we do business, yeah. in new in different ways. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about our Mercury retrograde? Our friend Mercury. It goes retrograde in the middle of July, and that's, it happens. That's a bad habit he's got. Yeah, um, and it happens in the sign of Leo, um, which. What's, Le- the, what's the date on that? Do you know? I, I think it's the fifteenth of, of July. Um, Damn it! That's when I'm in a, in in Massachusetts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? With how much of how much I've been traveling, it's bound to. But have you noticed every aspect has been on one of my trips? Yes, it's very fascinating. Oh, um, you sound so excited. So talking <laughs> about your damn friend Mercury and his bad habit of retrograde. Well, it's going to go retrograde in Leo, and Leo is a very interesting sign because it has to do with creativity and spontaneity and expressing that inner child type of energy. Um, uh, so uh, I, I think that we will have to reflect um, greatly during that particular process, during that particular period, um, in regards to um, are we getting what it is that we want and are we getting what it is that we need, and um, uh, what can we do to feed ourselves? How can we begin to parent our own inner child? It's going to be interesting what that retrograde does. Of course. Oh, you know what though? I'm leaving my daughter at home, so that'll be really good for me. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Um, the other <laughs> thing that may happen is that there may be um, some form of problems with media or the press, or there may even be some form of scandal um, that erupts about the media and the press at that point. Interesting. Hmm. And so that is pretty much the astrology of summer. So it's it's going to be. Um, as usual. Unleash the Kraken! <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and everybody get your scuba suits. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. We're going to be, we're going to be, there's going to be, I can see with the whole educational thing, which is fascinating because Romney already brought that up with the whole educational thing. Mm-hmm. Talking about, you know, classrooms are too small. <laughs> there's too few children in them. Yeah, well, classrooms are too small, and there's too too few children in them. But um, just you know, forty would be better than twenty. Yeah, um, uh, Romney is an idiot. Um, uh, But basically, you know, the interesting thing is that he comes from a system, a religious system, that actually encourages homeschool, and they actually have their own high school at Brigham Young University um, online. Mhm. You know, so much is going to be um put out on on our on our on the table for us to see. It it's really um and it's not even here's what I got from a lot of this. It's not even like the secrets that are going to be uncovered. It's just going to be people are going to be so blatant about it. Yeah. And it's going to bite them in the ass. So it's going to be um, um, a summer of gas, political gas. Yes, because of Jupiter in Gemini also, because, uh, you know, Jupiter can sometimes have foot and mouth disease. <laughs> oh, my. So so we've got, now we understand the, the astrology of our summer coming up. And so it's coming up for us for the rest of this month. For the rest of this month? Mm-hmm. 
Um, We have the sun moving into Cancer, um, uh, which is, of course, the beginning of summer. Um, uh, And we have uh, two shows of Keep It Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to be in Martha's Vineyard on the 15th at the Fairy Festival. So anybody who wants to join me there, that's where I'm going to be. We're going to have some special special products that day just for you. And then you have INATS at the end of June, correct? Yep, and I'm doing, but in... At the um, at the fairy festival, I'm doing a solstice ritual. Interesting. Where you meet your fairy allies, where you um, get in touch with a champion, and and your champion of co-creation. Oh, interesting. And the, the the champion of co-creation is a fairy. Um, it's elemental. Okay. It's elemental. We just call them the fae. The fairy is it's an easy language to use. And then I'm going to be at Inance. And and I didn't even tell you this at the beginning of the show. I don't know what's wrong with me. Coventry Magic, my book, is up for a cover award, Coalition of Visionary Retailers. Yes. Um, it's up for an award in the magic and shamanism category. And we will light candles to make sure she wins. <laughs> I need you all rooting for me. Although I think they've already voted and decided, but I'm either and it's either you win or you're one of the other two finalists. Yeah. So you're either a winner or not. And uh and so I'm really, but I'm really excited because I I um, was one of the reviewers one year, mm-hmm. and I literally reviewed 30 books. Oh my God! Yeah. So there's a lot of books that go in for that. So I'm very, very honored that I made it through that list to there. And then um, I'm doing a book signing. I'm doing um, a uh, at, at the trade show, and I'm also doing um, a presentation about the insanity of a small business. So you know it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, definitely. And it's and then in July I'm going to be in back in the Massachusetts at Zuzu's Healing Arts and doing um, readings and classes there. So again, busy, busy, busy. Yes. And so I'm excited about um, we're going to have our surprise guest next week. Yeah. Meaning we're finalizing it. (laughs) (laughs) That means we're finalizing it. Yes. Yes. Meaning we haven't heard back, and so we want to make sure they're still going to be on. And then on the was it the 19th? Yeah. We're going to have um, Denise Alvardo on, who wrote, um, who just came out with the Hoodoo Almanac, and she also wrote the book um, Voodoo Hoodoo Spellbook. So you know, you know, we love our hoodoo. Yeah. You so I'm so excited do. to have I'm excited to have Denise on, and oh yeah, we're just going to keep rolling. So make sure that you tune in next week. Also check us out on uh, KeepItMagic.com. Go to Psychic Friends Now to find Storm. Go to Coventry Creations to find Jackie. We both do readings. We're more than help, happy to help you out. And um, on KeepItMagic.com, we've got some great articles going in and uh, some of the other hottest metaphysical writers we've got. So keep it. What do they got to do, Storm? They need to keep it magic. <laughs> Girl, look at that body. 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 I work out. 